Hi there, I'm Sue Elvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 203. And today I'd like to talk about doing things that are right. Is unschooling the right way to live? And how do our children learn right from wrong? I've got a few stories to share with you. Something short that I once wrote for Instagram, plus a story called A Message We Can All Share, Even If Our Unschooling Lives Aren't Picture Perfect. And then I have another one, When Unschooling Doesn't Seem to Be Working. And those stories are on my blog, and I'd like to share a story from my book, Radical Unschool Love, and it's about how children learn right from wrong. But first, some yeah, comments, introductory comments about this topic. Doing what is right. Yes, there are certain things that, that we should do because they are the right things to do. But what is right? Does the answer to that question depend on who you ask? Is my right the same as your right? Is my wrong the same as your wrong? Do we all have different ideas about the right thing to do or the right way to live? Or are there some things we can agree upon? Now, I've got a list of things that I think are the right things to do. And maybe most unschoolers would agree with me. However, there are probably a lot of other parents out there who would disagree with the things that I think are right. For example, is it right to respect our kids? We have to talk to our kids with care, give them the same consideration that we would give to adults. Is it right to recognize that each of us has different needs? And so for our kids, we should listen and observe them carefully so that we can give them what they need. Is it right to accept everybody for themselves, including our kids? Should we delight in our kids, in their uniqueness, instead of trying to make our kids into the people we think they should be? I guess what I'm saying is, is it right to love unconditionally instead of using love to uh, make our kids behave in a certain way, to make our kids do the things that we feel are right? Should we forgive mistakes? Because life is sometimes difficult, isn't it? And we all make mistakes. We all are in need of forgiveness. Yes, I've been talking about unconditional love for a few weeks now. As you might imagine, it is one of my passions. I believe it to be at the centre of unschooling. So, unschooling. Sometimes we might wonder if unschooling is the right thing to do. Is this the best method to bring up and educate our kids? 
We might uh, ask that question. We might compare unschooling with whatever else there is out there. Charlotte Mason, school at home, classical curriculum, whatever. And we may decide that we are going to unschool because maybe it will give our kids the best academic advantage or maybe we like the thought of being free and in, and in charge of our own lives. Whatever the reasons are, I wanted to unschool right from the beginning because I wanted my kids to have a love of learning. But what if we don't look at unschooling as a method, but we look at it as the principles we want to base our lives on? What if we recognize that by unschooling, we're doing all the right things, loving unconditionally, accepting all those things that I mentioned earlier? Then when problems come along, because they will come along, We won't question what we're doing. We won't look around at all the other alternatives and start to worry that we're on the wrong path. No, we will recognize that problems or not, we have no choice. We have to persevere because unschooling is the right thing to do. We worry about our kids a lot, don't we? Will they get good jobs? Will they be good people? What if unschooling doesn't work? Will we regret living this way of life? But what if we don't focus on the outcomes, but just do what we believe is right? I think we all hope that our kids are going to lead perfect lives when they set off into the world by themselves. But what if they don't? which is very likely. What if they face challenges, question their beliefs, make mistakes? Will we think it's our fault? If only we'd done something else. We might feel responsible because we chose unschooling. But what if we always do what we think is right? Then it it won't matter about the outcome, will it? If we do what is right... That's all anyone can ask of us. We'll we'll end up giving our kids everything we could. Now, if there's mistakes made or if our kids' lives aren't quite as perfect as we hope, it's up to them. We've done the right thing. We've done all we could. Now it's the turn of our kids to work things out. They're responsible for their own happiness, their actions, what they choose to do in life. And we don't have to sit there thinking, if only I'd done something else, we don't have to feel guilty. Yes, there is a lot of guilt wrapped up in parenting, isn't there? We think that our kids' future happiness depends entirely on us. And if they do have problems in the future, we will worry that it was our fault. Maybe we'll wish that we could go back and do something else. It is so complicated, isn't it? So many choices, so many feelings, so many hopes, so many dreams. And yet when it comes down to it, 
all we have to do is do what we feel is right. Deciding on what's right, that might be a problem. But once we've decided that, then every time we have a choice, what's wrong, what's right, this is the direction we need to go. Now, I hope I've explained all that uh, adequately. I'm finding it very hard to put my thoughts into words. But as usual, I've got a few things that I've written previously, things that I've thought carefully about, and maybe the words are better than the ones that I've just spoken. So next, I want to share that short piece that I told you at the beginning of this episode that I once wrote from Insta- for Instagram when I had an Instagram account when I was on social media. And this uh, piece wasn't written that long ago. It's been a few months now since I closed my Instagram account, but this was one of the last things that I posted. What if I said unschooling won't prevent our children from making mistakes? After their years at home, within our families, our adult kids might go out into the world and live lives that aren't as picture perfect and impressive as we'd hoped. Because even though we give our kids their freedom, somehow we still have images of how our kids will turn out. What if we don't end up with unschooling, poster children. If I told you that might happen, would you reject unschooling and keep searching for the perfect way to bring up and educate your kids? Or would you recognize that perfection is impossible? It's not what we should be seeking. Our parenting choices should be based on something far more important. We must do what is right. We should give our kids what they need. We should respect, trust and accept them, valuing them for who they are instead of trying to turn them into the people we think they should be. We should look at them with wonder and awe. And when they make mistakes, we must show empathy, recognising that we make mistakes too. We need to stand up for our children, help them through their challenges and mistakes and ignore other people's opinions when they tell us it's our fault because we made poor choices. Our kids don't need to reflect any perfect parenting image we might cling to. All they need to do is reflect our love. Life can be difficult. There's no getting away from that. We might get discouraged. We could wonder where we went wrong. Should we have done things a different way? Is it too late to change pathways? Perhaps we haven't even begun unschooling, but we've heard stories. Maybe we shouldn't even consider going down this road. I'm sure everyone gets to the point where we question our parenting. What should we do? The answer is easy. I say it all the time. It's important. Love. Love unconditionally. Unschool. Not because it will make life perfect. Do it because it's the right thing to do. If we do what's right and things don't turn out as we hope, we'll know we did our best. We gave our kids what they needed. The rest is up to them. They can choose to follow us closely or fly off stretching the connections. 
And if that happens, all we can do is trust that those bonds will draw our kids back. What we can't do is say, what did I do wrong? It's never wrong to love well. I said something there about how we might hope that our lives are picture perfect. And a bit further down, I said, we need to stand up for our children, help them through their challenges and mistakes, and ignore other people's opinions when they tell us it's our fault because we made poor choices. Yes, the opinions of other people, they can affect us, can't they? They can affect our self-confidence. They can also affect our relationships with our children. And maybe there are times when we wish our children did look picture perfect. We want to have poster, unschooling poster kids. And my next story... um, it's about some of those ideas. It's called A Message We Can All Share, Even If Our Unschooling Lives Aren't Picture Perfect. When we're posting photos or writing stories or talking about unschooling directly with our family and friends, do we ever stop and wonder if it's necessary to have perfect kids when we're sharing this way of life? Lots of people want to promote or defend unschooling. I do as well. So we all share social media, photos and stories of our thriving happy kids doing wonderful things. We want to say, unschooling works. But what if our family is going through a difficult time? What if we think our kids aren't perfect examples of unschooling? Will we feel uneasy sharing our stories? Will we wish our kids were different because they don't match up to the unschooling vision we think we should be presenting to the world? Perhaps we'll want to creep away from the public eye or avoid discussing unschooling with our extended family because someone might say, unschooling obviously doesn't work. Why do you do it? What do you know about unschooling? You're not doing a great job living this way of life. Perhaps we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and our kids when we're sharing our unschooling lives. We assume we need to look like we have everything under control to avoid criticism from those around us. Also, how will we attract people to unschooling if we don't present a perfect picture of our days? A perfect picture of unschooling? Is such a thing possible? No. Unfortunately, unschoolers, like everyone else, can't avoid the difficulties of life. The challenges will find us, regardless of the way we live. So why do we unschool? Why not do something else? I think unschooling helps us through the difficult days. It encourages us to work together, forgive mistakes, accept one another, learn and change, and become little by little the people God created us to be. But what if our kids are slow to change? What if we are too? Should we give up and try something else? No, we have to continue unschooling. Because aren't we called to love one another unconditionally? Isn't that the right thing to do? 
Unconditional love. That's what I think unschooling is all about. And that's a message we can share with anyone, whether our days are picture perfect or not. Yes, I wonder if there are times when we all put pressure on our kids. We want them to look like they're perfect because we want to avoid criticism. And at the bottom of that blog post, the one I've just read out to you, I have a something else section. And I wasn't going to read this, but it seems to fit in quite well. I have an extract from my book, Radical Unschool Love. Uh, And I say, my book, Radical Unschool Love, is full of stories about unschooling and unconditional love. And here's the beginning of one of them. So I'm going to share that. If we love unconditionally, we'll accept our kids for who they are, unique people with their own talents and interests, quirks and failings. If we believe our children's talents and interests are an integral part of them, we will encourage them to use them. We will value what our children are interested in. We'll let them learn about the things that are important to them. We'll respect their choices. If we love unconditionally, we won't impose our ideas on our children. They don't have to be who we think they should be. They can be themselves. We won't express disappointment with who our kids are. They'll know that we value them just the way they are. We'll also trust that they'll find their places in the world. We'll let our unconditionally loved children develop and grow and learn in their own time. They don't have to fit into our timetable. We won't compare them to other children. Our kids can express their thoughts and ideas and and opinions. We will listen and take them seriously. They don't have to be just like us. We won't let other people's opinions about our children affect how we treat them and feel about them. We'll stand up for them and protect them. They don't have to fulfill other people's expectations. When we love unconditionally, we love all the time, regardless of what our kids do. We won't withdraw our love as a way of controlling or influencing them. Our kids don't have to please us. They don't have to do things to keep us happy. We can't use love to manipulate them. We'll keep on loving even when our kids make mistakes. Yes, we'll love them regardless. Our children won't think, I got away with that. I'll misbehave again because I know I'll be forgiven. Even though this sounds reasonable, it's not what happens. When we fail and are forgiven, we want to become better people. I know this from experience. When I fail and my kids wrap their arms around me and say, Mom, it doesn't matter. We love you. I want to be the best mother in the world. I also want to make up for my mistake and put things right. Why should it be any different for kids? Some people say we shouldn't reward bad behaviour with love, but love is necessary. It's what gets our kids and us back on track. Love is powerful. It can transform people. And there's more of that story in my book, Radical Unschool Love, but I think it 
illustrates, at least in my opinion, what unconditional love is all about and why I think unconditional love is the right thing to do. And as unconditional love, in my opinion, is at the heart of unschooling, that's why I think unschooling is the right thing to do. And maybe some people will say, we can't homeschool, let alone unschool. It's just not legally possible in the place that we live. And I recognize that. So maybe what I'm talking about is using those principles to guide our lives, whatever they look like, whether our kids go to school, whether we have the freedom to unschool or not. Yes, we can all respect our kids, can't we? We can all all love them unconditionally. I seem to have quite a few stories to share with you today. Yes, I went searching for some stories and I thought I could share this one or that one or this one because I am a prolific writer about unconditional love. I couldn't decide which ones to share, so I have shared a few. And the next one is called When Unschooling Doesn't Seem to Be Working. We decide to unschool. Everything goes really well. Our kids are learning. Our family bonds are strengthening. Life is full of joy. Then one day, things change. Something happens. Maybe a child makes a mistake. She could choose to go her own way, do something we're not happy about. We begin to doubt what we're doing. We think, perhaps unschooling doesn't work after all. Maybe the critics are right. You should have kept tight control over your kids. Yes, we feel like we've failed. We hear a lot of positive things from unschoolers. I suppose that's because most parents want to share the good stories. But I'm sure despite all the amazing things that happen, no unschooling family's life is perfect in every detail. Our family has certainly had some difficult times, and those times have seemed even worse because I'm a blogger. I've thought, what if my readers find out that my kids aren't perfect, that they've made mistakes? Maybe I shouldn't write about unschooling. I might be leading people astray. So I've wanted to delete my blog and run away, become an ex-unschooling blogger, become an ex-unschooling family. Yes, I've questioned unschooling, but we're still here. While pondering the difficulties, I have always returned to the idea that we have to do what is right, and I'm sure unschooling is the right thing to do. It's the way we're meant to live. We have to respect our kids and love them unconditionally and not control them, but instead trust. We don't have a choice. So even if a child goes astray, makes a mistake, does something that we're upset about, we must keep unschooling. We can't jump ship. We must trust that despite appearances, things will be okay. Trust is a strange thing. It's easy to trust when things are going just as we want. As long as my children choose to do what I'd like, I'm happy to pass over control and trust they'll be okay. 
But can we trust when kids don't act according to our plan? Would we rather forget all about trust and grab back control? So we decide to trust, and who knows, one day things just might fall into place. I know about this. I know how it feels. It's very special. Yes, it's a special moment when our trust is rewarded and our children decide for themselves that they're going to live by the values that are important to us. They return stronger and more committed than before. Children can make mistakes whether they are unschooling or not, but I think unschooling helps children get back on track. We have to keep listening, respecting and loving unconditionally. We have to keep the lines of communication open. Regardless of what our kids do, we can't risk severing or even loosening the bonds between us. It's those bonds that will draw our children back. There are times when unschooling doesn't appear to be working. What do we do? Perhaps we need to stay strong, continue to unschool and trust. I'm not saying it will be easy, but it's the right thing to do. I was thinking there about when kids have different opinions to us, when they go off track or off our track and decide for themselves that they're going to live life a little bit differently to what we might hope. And there was something in my book, Radical Unschool Love, And I haven't got that in front of me at the moment, but I'll give you a brief uh, summary of what I said. That isn't it better to have children who work through their opinions, who have thinking skills and will eventually work their way around to the right way of thinking, hopefully, than it is to have children who just soak up what we want to pass on to them just because we're their parents. I know that kids trust us and for quite a, you know most things, kids will pick up on the things that are important to us and they will become important to our children as well. But every now and then there must be issues that our children need to explore for themselves and they need that space to be able to think for themselves, to investigate for themselves, to research and they may be come back stronger than before. Yes, I hope I'm not just putting a positive spin on uh, the times when uh, kids don't really behave the way we hope they will, the difficult times. There was something else in there, and I'm just trying to think what it was that I wanted to say about that. I'm not sure what that thought was, but maybe maybe it has something to do with this. That sometimes we just want our lives to look perfect, not just because of other people's opinions, but because it feels comfortable. It's easy to trust when things are going well. We can say, we unschool, we trust, we trust our kids. But the real test does come when life is difficult, are we willing to stay and work our way through problems and to keep on trusting our kids? Or 
Should we go some and do something else? Of course, doing something else is not going to be a guarantee uh, that we're going to solve the problem because everybody has problems. Another method or another way of living our lives might not solve the problem. Why not just continue to do what we feel is right? So often we get concerned about our kids doing what is right. And maybe we don't question if we are doing what is right, which is rather essential, isn't it? If we we want our kids to follow our example, we have to do what's right. But anyway, my last story is about children and how the issue of right and wrong. How do we encourage our children to do right instead of wrong? Maybe when we talk about unconditional love and talk about uh, forgiving mistakes instantly and getting back on track, all that sort of thing, accepting kids as they are, maybe it sounds like it doesn't matter whether our kids do right compared to wrong. Yes, we just let our kids do whatever they like because we'll love them regardless. Maybe critics of unconditional love style parenting believe, yes, we have to do more than love our kids unconditionally because that's how they see it. That's very simple. We love our kids. We accept our kids. We don't correct them. We don't give them any guidance. They'll end up Yes, undisciplined. They won't have good behavior. They won't know right from wrong. But I think this story is a lot more complicated than we love our kids, we accept them, we forgive mistakes. We also have to guide them. And our bonds of connection, and and I was talking about this, I think, in my last podcast, episode 202, I think it's those bonds of connection that allow us to guide our kids. Those bonds join us together. We are able to discuss things. And yes, we are able to instill a sense of right and wrong within our kids. And this is the topic of my last story. It is called Learning Right from Wrong. And it is from my book, Radical Unschool Love. It can be hard to let go and trust our children. How do we know that they will make the right choices? Perhaps we should keep control over them just in case because we don't want them making big mistakes. Perhaps it doesn't sound sensible letting kids do what they'd like, allowing them to choose instead of telling them what to do. And I think it wouldn't be sensible to give our kids that freedom if we aren't connected to them and don't have strong relationships. If we say to our kids, go and do whatever you want, and then step back completely, yes, they might not know the right thing to do. They might end up making the wrong choices. So we can't do that. If we did, we'd be unparenting. Children need guidance from us. But why should they listen to us? I think they will only be open to our guidance if we are connected with them. Kids must view us as the most important people in their lives, the ones they want to follow, the ones whose values and opinions they trust more than anyone else's. Yes, we must be connected with our kids. 
But how do we build up that connection? What is connection all about? We have to accept our kids just as they are, love them unconditionally, respect them by treating them as we'd like people to treat us, take time to listen to them properly, show them empathy instead of dismissing their feelings and telling them how they should feel, be willing to forgive them when they make mistakes, admit our mistakes, ask for forgiveness when we fail. We have to show our kids that no one is perfect, but that's okay, as long as we all keep striving to do what is right. I think that connection results in an inner feeling of peace and rightness. When a child does something wrong, they will know because this inner feeling will change. It won't feel good. Maybe you've experienced this. I know I have. We feel unsettled. We're not happy with ourselves. We have to do something about it. Make amends. Get back on track. Regain our inner sense of a right. This inner feeling is so very important. It will guide our kids when we're not around. It will ensure that their actions are dictated from within and not from outside. It will let them know when something is right and when something is wrong. Could this feeling be their conscience? Of course, there are times when we think our kids have done something wrong, but they haven't. Imagine a child dropping a glass of milk on the floor. Years ago, when one of my children did something like this, I'd yell, How could you be so stupid? You should have taken more care. What a waste of milk. You'll have to clean up all the mess. Of course, my child would cry, and I imagine she felt very bad inside. That was the point. I wanted her to feel bad because I wanted her to remember to be more careful next time. I wanted her to be too afraid to drop another glass of milk. Of course, dropping something on the floor is an accident. We all have accidents. We all do things unintentionally. Instead of blaming my child and making her feel bad, I should have got down on the floor and helped her clean up the mess. I should have said something like, Hey, it's not a big deal. Anyone can have an accident. Perhaps I could have added that I drop things too. And regardless of the situation, it's never necessary to make a child feel bad. If she really has done something wrong, she'll be aware of it. She knows what is right and what is wrong. After reading a couple of paragraphs of that story, I suddenly realized that 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 wasn't the story that I wanted to share with you today, but I guess it does fit in quite well, even though it did go over some of what I had already said. Yes, I think that again and again, the same ideas, the same themes reoccur when we're examining unschooling, parenting, education, whatever. And maybe that tells us something, that we keep coming back to the same ideas. Maybe they are the right ideas. So I'm going to read the real story, well, the story that I had chosen for you. And this one is called Developing a Sense of Right and Wrong. My young adult son Callum and I went to town to have some mother-son time. As we sipped coffee, 
we chatted. I've been keeping up with an interesting discussion online about spanking children, I said. The big question is, how do you make children do what you want them to do without smacking them? Make kids do what we want them to do? There's something wrong with this question. It seems to be all about us. How do you teach kids the right thing to do and remain a gentle parent, I continued. I'm not a smacking mother, except for that time when you were eight. Smacking didn't help. I thought about that occasion when I smacked eight-year-old Callum. I can't remember what he had done, but I do remember how frustrated I'd felt. I lashed out at him, and my hand met solid boy flesh and came away stinging. Callum didn't look repentant at all. My smack hadn't made him reconsider his behaviour, and so I felt even more frustrated. Callum grinned as he remembered my futile effort to smack him. Yes, it didn't work. Why didn't smacking work, I asked. I was tougher than you. The smack hurt you more than me. It didn't convince me. I needed to change my behaviour. Children are clever. If they can avoid punishment, they will continue to do what is wrong as long as they don't get found out. Maybe children have to want to behave because it's the right thing to do and not because they might get caught and then smacked or punished in some other way. So children need to develop a sense of what's right and wrong and want to live by those standards. Yes. But sometimes doing what is right isn't much fun at all. What makes children freely choose to do the right and necessary thing? If there's no threat of punishment, couldn't a child just say, I refuse to do that, and stand his ground? He could, but if I'd done that, I'd have felt bad inside. You wouldn't have thought, hey, she can't make me do anything I don't want to do, and enjoyed that powerful feeling. No, it wasn't like that. Do you remember when we were fighting about whose turn it was to do the dishes and you came in and said you'd do them instead of us? We didn't go off thinking, Hooray! Mum is going to do the dishes. We can go and play. We felt bad and all of a sudden we wanted to do the dishes ourselves. Callum thinks some more. I guess it's a bit like how I feel now I'm working and don't have to do the regular chores because I'm not always here. I thought you'd like not having to do any jobs around the house. In one way, it's good because I don't feel overloaded now that I'm working full time. But in another way, I no longer feel I belong. I get up in the morning and see the rest of the family working away together and it doesn't feel right that I've nothing to do. Belonging. Yes, maybe children need to feel they belong, that the family is a team and they have a valued place in it. Callum agreed. When children feel loved and valued and have a role within the family, they feel right inside, and they don't just want to be part of the good things in the family. They accept they have to work too and have to be considerate and think of others. It's all part of being a family, 
Children grow up expecting to do all these things. It feels normal. It's all part of being on the team. When they misbehave or don't cooperate or pull their weight, they feel they have let the team down. It doesn't feel good. We were silent for a moment and then Callum added, That unhappy feeling has to come from within. It can't result from a mother's reaction to the situation. So a mother can't withdraw her love because of misbehaviour. No, punishments and withdrawal of love can lead to resentment. It can spoil a relationship. You have to do what is right because it is right and not because you have to keep your mother happy. Actually, it feels even worse if you know you have done wrong and your mother still loves you. A mother has to show unconditional love? Yes. As we finished our coffees, I tried to sum up what we'd been discussing. A child needs to grow up feeling loved and part of the family. He accepts that a family means both working and having fun together. It's his safe place where he belongs and wants to be, and he will do what is necessary to keep his place in the family and to feel good about himself. And when he misbehaves, he knows he has let the team down and he feels bad inside. He will be unhappy until he puts things right, finished Callum. So you did learn to do what was necessary and right, even though I didn't smack you, I concluded. Callum grinned. Yes. Then he added, not that I'm always perfect. No, none of us is perfect. We know what we should do, but sometimes we fall short. Children are the same. As long as we all try and do our best. We were driving home and I was still thinking about our conversation when I had a new idea. Unconditional love. That's how God loves us. He doesn't withdraw his love for us when we sin, does he? Maybe because we know he always loves us regardless of our behaviour, we feel worse when we let him down. We don't feel right inside. Do you think it's because of that great love? We want to do what is right and necessary? It could be, Callum agreed. I think back to the big question I posed at the beginning of our discussion. How can a parent best influence a child's behaviour so that he does what is right and necessary? Perhaps it all comes down to love. A child needs to feel unconditionally loved and valued. He has to feel safe. He has to feel he belongs. Somewhere to belong. Isn't that what we all need and want? Isn't that what we're all searching for? Yes, it can feel really bad to be outside the circle, to know that there are people who disapprove of our behaviour. There is enough of that in the outside world, isn't there? So we don't need to make our homes a place of criticism and a place where our kids feel that they have failed. Our families need to be safe refuges for our kids, safe places where they are where they know they're accepted and loved for who they are. Well, that's all my stories, my friends. I think I have gone over and over the same points a number of times, so I probably don't need to sum up. 
But I am hoping that in the times when you question unschooling or when you worry about the future, will your kids turn out? Will they turn around one day and accuse you of not giving them all they need? Then you can maybe feel uh, reassured that if you have done the right thing, then that's all you could have done. Now I'm thinking that even if you do agree with me and say, yes, I'm going to do the right thing and the right thing is all the things that we associate with unschooling, I'm going to love my kids unconditionally. There might come a day when you doubt that. And that's the funny thing about doubt, isn't it? We think we have conquered our doubts. We think that we've got it all worked out. We're going to one school. And then one day, for a particular reason, the doubts start forcing their way into our heads again. And we go around the circle again, questioning what we're doing. A while ago, I I was thinking about doubts, how it would be good to banish them forever. But I'm not sure that's possible. And maybe we, we don't need to banish doubts because doubts have a place in our thinking. They can actually be good because every time we doubt, we stop, we reassess, we think about things. Maybe we go looking for some more information. Maybe we observe our kids a bit closer and we go deeper into whatever it is that we're having doubts about. Maybe we go deeper into unschooling. Maybe we uh, understand things a little bit more than we did before the doubts hit. And then maybe we continue along the pathway that we feel is right with more confidence. We're more committed. We have examined the situation yet again, and we are more committed than ever to continuing to unschool. So I guess that's a positive way of looking at doubts. So my friends, if you haven't already checked out my books on Amazon, please do that. My books are Curious Unschoolers, Radical Unschool Love and The Unschool Challenge. Please also hop over to my blog. I'm going to put together a blog post to go with this podcast. I'm doing things the other way around today. Usually I write the blog post first and then I record the podcast, which makes podcasting easy. But yes, I'm a bit behind with my blogging. And so I thought today I can either not do a podcast this week and spoil my recent uh, streak I think I've done a podcast every week for about 10 weeks. And yeah, I don't want to break that streak. I can either, yeah, so no podcast while I write the blog post or go ahead and record a podcast and use it to write a corresponding blog post. Yes, the wrong way around. So there will be a link eventually to the blog post. the, um, yeah, the blog post in the show notes. If you would like to read all those stories for yourself, uh, yes, you'll be able to find the link in the show notes. 
anything else? I don't think so. I guess that's all until the next episode. And until then, live a radical life of unconditional love. <laughs>